Hi, I'm Mike Seibert. I talk about Metallica. <laughs> Now, from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also, sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, fresh from his haircut and lollipop, Mike Seibert. <laughs> Thank you, and welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, call the Mike Seibert Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. That's 231-224-6453. And right into the mailbag, Radio at gmail.com. And this week, we're recapping New York Comic Con 2019 with special guest Jeremy from the Transmissions Podcast and Ant from Transformers University. All of that and more on this all-new episode of Mike Cybert Radio, but first, let's kick things off with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out Okay, so going chronologically, uh, later this week I'll be interviewing professional wrestler Ethan HD. Uh, He and his wife are looking to save Destiny City Comics in Tacoma from closing on October 31st by buying the shop and continuing to run it as it is. But they need your help to get there. Uh, They've got an Indiegogo set up that runs through Tuesday, October 15th. I'll have a link out there in the show notes for you to check out and share uh, consider donating uh, they are offering some really cool perks like stickers and uh, mystery long boxes uh, in exchange for uh, donations uh, it's it's a really cool shop uh, Destiny City Comics and and they participate in community events like art festivals and Tacoma Pride and they uh, uh, really pride themselves on uh, uh, no pun intended uh, you know they, they pride themselves on you know being a home uh, uh, for diversity and inclusion and being allies for the LGBTQ uh, uh, creator population. And it's uh, and it's the shop where I got to meet Kevin Smith last year. So it's uh, it's got a special place for me uh, uh, for that, as well as just being an independent local business. Uh, now, in the meantime, uh, before my interview drops, um, I, I know uh, Ethan HD has been doing other press as well, uh, some other podcasts and interviews. I'm just not sure where I'm, I'm not trying to be cheeky and and uh, and uh, uh, competitive or anything I, I just don't know what shows he's he's guested on I, I would say uh, uh, follow his Twitter um, at real Ethan HD uh, where uh, I'm sure he's been posting that stuff um, uh, but there's also been a, a really nice article in the Tacoma News Tribune by columnist Matt Driscoll. Um, I'll have that linked up as well. There's a video there. And look for my interview with Ethan HD this weekend. Uh, Next, I want to thank From Dead Rabbits Books author Brian Birnbaum and editor-in-chief Katie Rainey for being guests on the show last week. Um, And I want to mention as a reminder that they have a reading and talk coming up on October 23rd. That's a Wednesday. Uh, They will be at the University Bookstore 
in the U District off of 45th Street. Uh, they're going to be talking about the debut novel from Dead Rabbits Books, Emerald City, set right here in Seattle. We uh, we talked about that during episode 235 uh, last week uh, back there in your feeds. That was a lot of fun. Um, all uh, uh, Virgo energy and being uh, being true to yourself and your art. Um, uh, yeah, it was really good. Now, um, at, at the top of the show, you heard Caleb from Autopod Decepticast. Hi, I'm Mike Seibert. I talk about Metallica. <laughs> Um, and and I wanted to shout out those guys, uh, well, because it's been a while since I've had the opportunity to shout them out. But uh, they are hosting a panel during the upcoming TFCon DC. Uh, that's going to be Friday night, October 25th. They are going to be doing the late night show um, and the first official panel of the con. Uh, basically, after the podcasters roundtable and the opening ceremonies, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's a, a secret or uh, extension of sorts uh, from the panel that they did last year at TFCon uh, Chicago. So more script deviations and uh, and I happen to be privy to a couple other things that they've got in mind that I'm really excited about. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun uh, if you're attending TFCon DC. Unfortunately, I won't be a part of the festivities this time around. As you might recall, I had the opportunity to host uh, some of the uh, game show elements. Uh, there, there's still going to be some voice actor trivia this time around, and some other uh, goodies. But, um, uh, but yeah, I, I um, won't be able to partake because I will be attending the Jet City Comic Show that weekend right here in town. That's October 26th and 27th at the Tacoma Convention Center. I'm going to be part of a uh, podcasters workshop area. It's something new that they're doing uh, for this year's convention along with a couple other shows uh we're going to have table space and basically i'll be doing interviews with various folks throughout the weekend and um also i to let you know that i'll be interviewing the show's founders uh, james taylor and brian meredith we're going to talk about what you can expect from this year's 10-year anniversary celebration of Jet City Comic Show, as well as kind of a, uh, um, as I described it to my email to them, kind of a, a oral history of uh, of the convention's uh, uh, history and its longevity and inspirations and, and things like that. I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and if you are an exhibitor, a panelist, or whatever, and would like a platform uh, to hype whatever you're doing uh, during Jet City Comic Show, uh, go ahead and leave me a voicemail. Uh, that number is 231-224-MIKE, and I will play it on the air during that interview episode. That is going to be dropping on October 16th. So uh, from the time this episode drops, you'll have about a week to get me that information. And I know um, I, I've I've got some friends and some allies and other cool folks that will be participating in, uh, in stuff during Jet City Comic Show, like Costume Characters for Causes. They've always got a booth set up there. And I know my dude Mannix is going to be doing a 
uh, photography panel. Um, I don't have all the info in front of me, but um, I, I know he's uh, he's uh, become really huge in the local cosplay community here for his uh, photography specifically. And uh, so he's going to be hosting a panel chatting about that. And I know you've got some stuff as well uh, that you would like me to talk about. So again, uh, either hit me up on email or direct message or voicemail or whatever, preferably voicemail, because then I can play it on the air and you can tell folks about your thing in your own words. That's going to be a blast. Jet City Comic Show uh, celebrating 10 years uh, on October 26th and 27th. Uh, Coming up next, Anthony and Jeremy join me and we're going to be unpacking New York Comic Con. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. Call the Mike Cyber Radio voicemail hotline, 231-224-MIKE. And for you youngins that don't know how the letters work on a phone, that's 231-224-6453. Get off my lawn. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and we're talking New York Comic Con, which happened uh, this last weekend. But I thought... I'd do something a little different. One, because, well, I didn't go to New York Comic Con, but I happen to know a couple folks that did, a couple of my good friends that just happen to be podcasters, but not just any other normal podcasters. They're uh, Transformers podcasters. Now, this is, you know, your favorite Transformers-adjacent podcast. Um, So I thought I would do something interesting and bring on my good friends uh, Jeremy and Anthony and we're going to talk about things that happened at New York Comic Con um, that aren't necessarily related to all of our favorite uh, robots in disguise and I thought um, as I as I introduce my guests uh, we'll talk very briefly about uh, projects that they're working on where you can get all the hot goss from the show floor um, about the heroes of Cybertron so uh, first uh, give a warm welcome to uh, Jeremy from the Transmissions podcast and occasionally the Yakko Yaks podcast uh, thanks for joining me yeah well, thanks for having me. It's great. So you're so you're like fresh from the from coming back from New York, right? Like you just got home, right? Well, I about maybe three four hours ago. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. And also joining us on this exciting adventure experience, you might remember him from last week's show when we were talking about the uh, season finale of Big Brother and actually kind of ended up being like a a season 21 retrospective of uh, Big Brother, uh, the host of the Transformers University podcast, the owner-operator Madman, uh, behind TFU.info, Anthony Bricali. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I've just been here and uh, I feel like I just got to New York because I'm always here. (laughs) Well, see, and that's kind of where I wanted to start with this uh, with this adventure, because, uh, um, you know, and as we were talking last week, you're you're just like right there, you know, not not too far of uh, of a drive. Uh, but Jeremy, uh, remind folks because every podcast is somebody's first podcast. How uh, how far did you travel to get to New York Comic Con? Um, well, I took a bus for five hours from here to Chicago because buses like to make a three hour drive five hours. Um, and then I flew another 
maybe two and a half hours to New York, and you know, I I was there. I, I we had family in Queens, and that's where we stayed. So it, it, I got the full New York experience. Got to do the subways. Got to got get yelled at by um, a, a rabid Trump fan trying to incite someone to engage him on the subway train. Oh it, man! It was, there, there was a guitar player in the subway car, so we got the full spectrum of New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. um, so had you uh, had so you you go to uh, quite a few fan conventions. Like uh, uh, my listeners will remember, uh, aside from all the references to transmissions and and TF cons and things like that, you've uh, you've been to a, a handful of uh uh fan conventions including Star Wars Celebration that we talked about uh earlier in the year uh but um ha- had you been to New York Comic Con before? No, this was my first time. I-, I went to C2E2 earlier this year which up until uh New York Comic Con was probably the biggest show I'd been to and you know they have similar just general pop culture all the comic companies mm-hmm have some kind of presence there, but New York Comic Con was definitely the biggest. Very cool. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, C2E2 and uh, New York Comic Con are both read pop joints, as is... As well as Celebration. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's that's been right. a read pop year for me. That's right. We talked about that, you know, and, and obviously, uh, as is Emerald City Comic Con here in uh, in my backyard. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, read pop puts on a pretty, uh, pretty large and elaborate show. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, like, like, uh, like you said, Jeremy, it's been a, um, uh, read show for you now, um, Anthony. So with, with the, uh, proximity to New York comic con, do you, do you go every year? Is that kind of like a, um, a usual thing? Uh, yeah, I've gone every year. I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out the first time I went, but I think since 20, I'm, I'm going to say 2014 and, and I'll explain why is, I stopped working for Major League Baseball in 2014, just at the beginning of October. And the first thing I thought of was, I can go to New York Comic Con this year because I'm not working the playoffs. Ah, and yeah. I've been there every year since. So, yeah, so uh, so this is probably my fifth or sixth one, Yeah, depending on how you count. Fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, it, it, it is every year. It is fairly close. I used to live in Queens where, where Jeremy was, was staying. So uh, it used to just be a subway ride. Now I'm a little further east. So now it's just a, a ride on Long Island. On the railroad for me to get there. Very cool. So, um, so obviously the the thing that that drew you guys both there, and in fact, uh, you guys ended up hooking up and connecting uh, there, and that's kind of where the idea for this uh, for this particular uh, podcast came from. You know, I was talking to Anthony. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with Jeremy," and it's like, "Oh." Hey, how about if I get both of you guys on the <laughs> on the show to kind of talk about sh- some shared experiences? Because I thought it would just be kind of cool to um, again just kind of you know kind of talk about things from a a slightly different angle. But uh, both of you were there in official capacities, right? As as uh, as press? No, oh. I, I I was denied press. Oh, yeah. bummer. I was there as press though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I made that all kinds of awkward. Yeah. So wh- I, I was I was invited to the the Hasbro like I'm I'm on their PR list and they invited me to some of the stuff that happened the day before I got there. So unfortunately, I couldn't go because I was on a plane or um, you know just not not at a place where I could go to it. But sure, you know, I could have gone to the offsite stuff if if I had been there. 
Okay, so um, you know, obviously there was a a ton of exciting Transformers stuff. You know, I've been uh, uh you know kind of watching the the social media feeds uh throughout the weekend. You know, seeing all all the uh, all the cool pictures and videos and the new reveals. And obviously, we know as of this recording, you know, uh, Haslab Unicron um, officially funded, and and so you know, I don't want to dwell on any of the Transformers stuff, but what uh what I would like you guys to ask because if I um I, I'm asking out of ignorance cleverly disguised as journalism but if I if I'm not mistaken uh, I think it's in the works or either has happened that um, that Anthony is going to be a guest on transmissions to talk about transformers and stuff well we um, I we sat down and, and talked for a little while with recorder running and um, he is you know, got an open invitation to actually come on the, the show. It's just, you know, a matter of scheduling. Yeah. But uh, he's got a young child. Press so, area, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did bring me in, you know, I guess under the guise of him interviewing me, but I interviewed him. <laughs> Too funny. Um, so we'll uh, uh, we'll definitely look forward to checking that out. Um, but hey, I I want to switch gears um, a little bit because that that's kind of why we're here. And, and I I'd really like to uh, kind of get into um, kind of the the con going experience, uh, kind of maybe like the the show floor and seeing stuff that wasn't necessarily. Uh, Transformers adjacent um, and in fact I actually kind of want to put a, a Jeremy on the spot a little bit uh, because you uh, you know watching uh, watching your social media over the weekend um, your uh, your trip wasn't entirely without incident you're uh, it looked like you suffered some um, um, luggage issues uh, you want to yeah, well, you want to talk about that <laughs> technically it was my wife that suffered the luggage issue because I came up the day before with my son and we, we packed light. She was coming later and had like the big suitcase with kind of the bulk of the weekends clothes and stuff. And, you know, suitcases that have the hard back, they have a liner. And as we were, you know, clean, clearing it out to, to pack everything back up, she noticed that there's these bulges in here. She's like, what's this? And she unzips it. And the entire plastic, you know, hard shell is just in pieces at the bottom of the suitcase. Oh, and we were like, what the heck? And of course, Southwest was like, well, if it's not, you know, within four hours of the flight, we can't do anything. And we're like, the flight got in at 1 a.m. <laughs> and who, who empties a suitcase immediately after they get somewhere? So, yeah, a little perturbed. But, you know, it, it made it back uh, only... The only damage to anything because it's no longer a hardback suitcase was um, I got a Flame Toys model kit and that box is damaged, but it, it, I'm not worried about that. Gotcha. Very cool. Because yeah, I I uh, I kind of I kind of clinched a little bit once I saw that Southwest was actually replying, which which was cool that they responded because you tagged them. But still, it was yeah. like, oh man, this is <laughs> this is not going to end well. So. Yeah, I mean, it's now I know. You know, check your luggage as soon as you can because the the airlines have like a window where they'll help you, and outside of that. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, so I I have not been to New York Comic Con. It's it's one I've always wanted to do, but 
haven't necessarily had um, enough reason to like whether it was like you know um, uh, super cool guests or things like that and and again as a reminder for everybody listening it wasn't until uh, what a year ago oh my gosh yeah it's it's actually just a year coming up that I had even traveled anywhere for a fan convention uh, TFCon Chicago was actually the first fan convention that I jumped on a plane and traveled for um, and I think a lot of that is because you know here in the Puget Sound Seattle area we've got you know a, a pretty decent robust uh, you know uh, staple of conventions uh, not just Emerald City but you know uh, Jet City Comic Show and you know uh, some of the other you know kind of medium sized shows that are that are uh, really cool but um, what I was wondering is if um, if you guys could maybe uh, paint a picture a little bit of what the vibe and the scene is like out there on the show floor, because I got to tell you, I've got I've got like the sci fi wire website up and it's all about like, you know, crazy cosplays and all of the uh, the stuff that was happening. Like, you know, like uh, like there was the the Batman Beyond reunion panel and a lot of like, you know, like the a lot of celebrity centric type of stuff. But. I also know from being kind of a, a experienced jaded uh, con goer that that's not nearly the extent of the show. That's kind of what they show on, you know, on TV for the for the normies and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, I was just wondering if you guys could uh, um, kind of wrap for a sec about, you know, some of the uh, maybe the cool stuff you saw or what uh, what draws you uh, to the convention, obviously, aside from uh, journalistic pursuits. Um, well, to jump in here, the, I think, you know, it's it's important to note the size of the show because the show um, is more than just the show floor. And it's actually more than just the Javits Center. Um, mm -hmm. So the Jacob Javits Convention Center, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like the best way to explain it, but it, it, it is huge. It's it's an enormous convention center. Um, it's it's where if you remember the uh, the 2012 uh, presidential election it's where hillary clinton had her um her you know where where she was going to give you the you know where she gave her uh, i guess her speech after after losing the election that was outside of just the entrance for where the show floor is um so you have your main floor of um of dealers and exhibits uh installations is what they call them for like the various you know tv shows or whatever those spill out into the hallway area by the staircases and escalators so the whole outside of the show floor is taken up then you have a downstairs uh from that that is artist alley and uh a number of the panel rooms including one of the larger panel rooms uh, the taking from there, you also then have things off site. So the bigger panels are actually held in places that would normally hold concerts. Uh, so you have places like uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is uh, a very fairly large concert hall and about two avenues over. Uh, and you also have the theater at Madison Square Garden, which isn't the main portion of Madison Square Garden, where say, you know, the basketball and the hockey games take place. Uh, but it's a theater that is connected within the building. Uh, that used to be known as the Felt Forum in the 80s. So it's places that would, it's a place big enough where um, fairly large touring musical acts would play. Uh, so that, and then, and then that's not counting the um, half a dozen other things, or actually probably dozens of other things that are offsite, and then the unofficial things that are planned around New York City by various companies throughout the event. 
So it is essentially wow. uh, four full days of of that, um, including Hasbro stuff that we did, which was part of that unofficial stuff that was way off site. Um, the vibe is usually pretty good. Um, it, you know, despite it being so crowded, uh, and oh, also downstairs on the downstairs level outside, because it's kind of like, um, I don't know what to call it, like a parking ramp area. It's not like where cars park, but it's, it's kind of like where the deliveries come through. Um, they turn that into food trucks and that's generally the cosplay, uh, area where all the cosplayers go to have their photos taken. Uh, so there is a lot going on at any one time at New York Comic Con. And you Uh, didn't even mention like the area where the lineup for the main, um, like the main, uh, panel room, but also where you can get the autographs from the various celebrities. Oh, that's there. right. The autograph queue. And yeah, and I didn't mention the the sci-fi lounge, which is upstairs, which leads into the press area, which now has also become uh, exhibit space and a panel space. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so it, it is it is quite, quite. It, uh, look, I've been to Javits for this and for Toy Fair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, New York Toy Fair is big and it doesn't take up as much space as this does. That's crazy. If if that's if that's the benchmark, that's uh, wow. So I mean, so I I've never been to San Diego Comic Con either. Um, it sounds like this kind of rivals it in terms of you know like the the activations around and you know all of uh yeah. I mean that that sounds like it's pretty darn elaborate. I I don't happen to have the stats in front of me, but I would uh, I I would imagine that that. Just from what we're describing, sounds like it'd be pretty darn close, maybe like a close second or third. Yeah, San Diego, uh, from what I've heard, is bigger. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's bigger by much. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think I've heard the big three are in San Diego, New York, and Salt Lake City. That's uh, like coming up as a, a, a rival. Interesting. So um, so how about you, Jeremy? What uh, um, what what do you kind of see out there? What uh, um. How was the vibe for you? It, I mean, it was good. It was a lot more people than I am really comfortable being around. Uh-huh. Just in in terms of trying to walk, like I was thinking, like you know, my hip is so sore, and I'm thinking it's not so much from the walking. It was just from the constant walk a little bit and have to stop, and then yes. walk a little bit and have to stop. Just because just massive people, and then you have like the people wanting to take pictures with cosplayers right in the middle of the aisle, which is at every convention. Yeah, um, it, it's really, you know, it was cool though because you got to see um, so many, so many like companies that I never see. Like uh, Random House Audiobooks had a little booth there. The Far Side had a booth there because there's. You know, something happening with the far side. No one really knows exactly what yet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just all these all these companies there because it's, you know, one of the the biggest shows. So I don't know. It was just it was a lot of fun, you know, very similar to other cons I've been to, but just something else entirely at the same time. 
I gotcha. So, you know, there, there was a couple things that we've referred to and kind of flirted with, you know, like in terms of, uh, you know, content and topics that were there. But, yeah, let's uh, let's really kind of uh, look under the hood of uh, of some of these, you know, like panels and things like that. So, I mean, obviously there was there was a lot of time spent at, uh, you know, Hasbro area and doing um, uh, doing things related to that. Uh, but um what else did you guys do? Were there, were there any particular, um, you know, because uh, I, I know everybody's show is different. You know, some folks go for like celebrity autographs. Some folks want the picture. Some folks want to do panels. Some people want to, you know, just shop through dollar bins. Uh, kind of, uh, uh, I guess, in a, a little bit of a nutshell, what what's kind of what's kind of your show when you're not, quote unquote, working? Um, I guess for me, outside of the Transformers stuff, um, my goals were... Um, one to meet up with Ant because we had talked and I was you know I really wanted to meet up with him especially because I knew he saw all the Transformer stuff the day before yeah so I wanted to <laughs> get his opinions on all that but um, you know we've we've known each other online for a while uh, another thing was just there was a couple of friends I, I've known online since like 2000 or so and they're they go every year so I, I was able to meet up with one of them and uh, then. Um, there's a, a podcast I listen to about comic books called Long Box Heroes, and one of the hosts was there, and I got to talk with him. That was fun. And then just meet some of the comics creators. Like I got to talk with um, Peter Tomasi for for a, a good like like five or six minutes, complaining about the aging up of John Kent and Bendis taking over the Superman stuff because he was writing Superman when all that happened and. It was like such a, a perfect Superman book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Bendis just took it all over. <laughs> so that, that was fun. Um, and uh, we, the only other panel we went to was uh, we, they did a lottery system for the, the big stuff. And uh, my sister-in-law got, she won the Adam Savage. Like it's an hour with Adam Savage. Oh, wow. And um, so we got to go to that and that was so much fun. And just hearing all the, the, the love he has for cosplay and then, you know, answering some people's questions about, you know, cosplay and he's like encouraging people. And, you know, it, it was just such a great panel. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Mythbusters and just love everything he's, he does. Um, I, I would say for me, you know, um, you know, it's weird because usually I have non transformers stuff to do. And this year, um, other than going to the offsite, transformer stuff and um it's you know for for the people who do listen for the transformer stuff on this i think it's also worth noting that there there is no official uh presence at new york comic-con by hasbro there there was um the unicron on display at the pop insider booth but that was pop insiders uh booth uh mm-hmm. and and um but for me usually you know there's things that i usually go to that i, I kind of missed this year uh usually i go valiant comics panel yeah. that was at night this year so i didn't do that uh i usually my one thing that i've loved going to the last uh, few years is the uh, netflix voltron panel but that show is over and um that panel every year was um not to be missed uh just not even for the content but just for how awesome uh the the fan interaction was and just mm-hmm. kind of being in that vibe. Um, I imagine the She-Ra panel was probably close to that, but I don't watch the show and I don't know what it's like. And it was on a day that I, I really couldn't make it in. 
Um, so for me, a lot of this convention, I spent hunting dollar bins, which I never normally do, but I bought like a ton of dollar transformer comics. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even hit up like the installations for, for the most part, weren't anything that, um, I've been following. So, um, and I didn't really have the patience to wait in line to, uh, try to be turned on to something new. So, uh, this convention was kind of, a, an odd one for me, uh, more so than normal because other than going to the IDW comics panel, uh, which is Transformers related uh, and actually being turned on to a few things that uh, weren't uh, Transformers. Uh, yeah, there was, there wasn't much, uh, at least in terms of things to attend uh, for me that uh, I normally do. I gotcha. Well, uh, well let's stick there since, since you mentioned it. Um, so yeah, because like it's, it's IDW's 20th anniversary so you know they're they're kind of going um, a little bigger and a little more elaborate with uh, some of their uh, some of their presentations. Um, so aside from transformer stuff, uh, what uh, what caught your interest during that panel? Um, for me, there were well, there were two things. One it, one was one thing I knew of, uh, and it was kind of a weird convergence of two of my favorite interests. Um, there was obviously John Barber was there, the editor in chief and Transformers writer. Um, but also there was Alan Robert who, uh, draws and colors a, uh, draws a series of coloring books, I should say for IDW. And he is also the bass player in my favorite band, uh, life of agony. Uh, and those, those coloring books are called, uh, the beauty of horror. And they just announced volume four and like a Kickstarter for tarot cards, which I don't really follow them more than just being online, but it's kind of neat. It's an adult horror coloring book. Uh, so it's just all these weird pictures that people then color in into, uh, you know, zombies or whatever else there is. It, but it, it's certainly not drawn for kids. It's drawn uh, yeah. as as horrific and kind of gory as possible. So that that was kind of cool. Um, the second thing, and I just started reading the, I just read the first issue uh, before before we had this kind of copped on this call was yeah. um, a book from IDW called Canto, C A N T O, Canto. Um, and it's about these little uh, tin men, and it's kind of like a basic story. It's it's mixing uh, uh, a little bit of like the Wizard of Oz mythology of these tin men that don't have hearts, but they're, they're enslaved and they have clocks in their chest. They don't have names. And, uh, um, it turns out that like this one guy, this one character who has a name Canto, he falls in love and they get punished for falling in love. And his girlfriend gets, um, like almost beaten to death by the, by the, the, the centaurs that, uh, mm -hmm. that they're forced to work for. And he gets sent on this quest to find her heart that's the only way to save her. And I was like, oh, that's okay. a really kind of cool story. And, 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 and so I, uh, I just read the first issue. I'm going to read the next four. I think those, those are two things that uh, jumped out at me from the IDW panel. That sounds really cool. Yeah. That's that, that sounds like something uh, uh, to check out for sure. Um, and you know, kind of, uh, uh, keeping an eye on the time to make sure that I, I'm kind of trying to keep us on time. Um, Anthony, before, uh, before we get too much farther, cause I don't want to necessarily lose the thread. Um, so there, there was some, uh, news regarding to, uh, everybody's, uh, favorite question mark, uh, zombie universe. Uh, there's a lot of walking dead stuff, uh, coming out of New York comic con, um, including like a, like a new series and, uh, some other stuff. I, 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 I'll admit I'm I'm a lapsed 
Walking Dead fan. I um, I hadn't been reading the comics long before they ended, and I kind of jumped off of the show uh, relatively early. So it's kind of a kind of a, a weird uh, blind spot. But um, if I remember correctly from some of our other conversations, you uh, you're still watching, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Watched the season premiere uh, last night, and uh, um, yeah, I, you know it's funny. I didn't go to. I, I usually don't go to the Walking Dead panel one because it's hard to get into. Uh, I remember waiting uh, the year like where they did the whole Negan story, like the in between where they had the cliffhanger: who dies, who doesn't die. Um, I went. I went to that panel. We waited. I think we waited an hour or two in line just to get into the panel for Troll Hunters beforehand. So that we could watch, so we could be there for the Walking Dead panel, and um, and we clearly weren't the only people doing that. And that was at the largest venue they had, which was the theater at Madison Square Garden. So, um, the Walking Dead panel is kind of the centerpiece of New York Comic Con pretty much every year because they get pretty much the whole cast. If mm-hmm. if you know, and it's usually hosted by Chris Hardwick. There's you know, there's a there's a big you know, it, there's a big show vibe to it. Um, so from what I've read online about that panel, um. Uh, there was a surprise appearance by Lauren Cohan, uh, who is now returning to the show. Um, <laughs> sorry, I got just, I, I just got to take a sec here. I don't. I sorry for interrupting <laughs> you, but I got I got to make these jokes about Lauren Cohan returning uh, to The Walking Dead because her show got super canceled. Um, you know, you're a big fan, right? Yeah, it's it's my favorite <laughs> show. Yeah, no, <laughs> shout out to uh, producer Dave, who is he's like I mean, again, these 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 Whiskey Cavalier folks, they're you know, it's like Whiskey Cavalier fans and Winona Earp fans. I don't understand the the voraciousness of their their fandom i mean bless them for it but yeah so anyway without dwelling too much and insulting too many other fandoms uh yeah no so apparently lauren cohan has a time on her hands to uh, return to the walking dead good thing they didn't kill her off yeah exactly but deny uh Gurria is is that how you say her last name i always get that wrong but uh she is leaving uh so this was her last uh new york comic-con panel wow. uh for now, I'd assume. I don't think they're killing her off, uh, but you never know with that show. Uh, the other thing they announced was uh, they, didn't, they didn't announce the third show. I, that's been that's been known. I think that was announced at San Diego. It oh. still doesn't have a title, uh, but they did release a trailer for the untitled show and kind of explained what it's about. Uh-huh. Um, and it takes place somewhere in the Midwest, and it's about these kids that it's 10 years after the start of the original show, give or take. And it's about these kids who kind of grew up uh, in this world and uh, in a fairly safe and sheltered environment. Now they have to go on this quest to uh, find one of the girl's dads who had gone out, ventured out to uh, do something. <laughs> that actually, that sounds like a really cool concept. But uh, so if we, if we were to do uh, kind of like our, our own, um, uh, titling exercise, you know, so we know with the first spinoff fear, the walking dead, they just threw a word in front of it. Um, so do you think it might follow the same naming convention in that? Like they'll just throw like another word in front of it, like actually fear the walking dead or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's more of a sh- stranger walking dead things is how I'm calling it. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I mean, th- th- there's a market in uh, adventurous uh, uh, youngsters, I guess. Um, every- everything that's old is new again, because uh, um, I-, I guess, well, I mean, it kind of makes sense because like, you know, folks kind of 
our age and younger and kind of of that same generation that, you know, watched, uh, you know, uh, Goonies and Monster Squad and Explorers and, you know, these these kind of like kid power type uh, type of things. It, it's it's not all that surprising that that's kind of reemerged as kind of like its own um, sub sub genre, I guess. Um, so yeah, so, uh, so Jeremy, let's, uh, I, I guess let's, let's switch gears and, you know, you had, uh, you had, uh, mentioned kind of your adventures from the floor. Uh, did you happen to, uh, make it to any of the panels, anything, uh, that you wanted to chat about on, on that side? No, I mean, the only, the only other real panel I went to was Adam Savage. So, um, it, it was more just, uh, running around looking at everything, um, just I was um, kind of in awe of like how impressive like Marvel's booth was. Uh, IDW had a good booth. You know, uh, all the major companies had a good booth, and then DC just had this thing out in the lobby that like they had a stage and they had like some of the the um, outfits from the new Harley Quinn movie out, and that was pretty much it. I, and I think they had some uh, like statues, like collectible statues and stuff. Yeah. I was so disappointed in DC that as a, a big DC fan, mm-hmm. they apparently they just they don't since they moved out to Burbank, they don't really have a big presence at New York Comic Con anymore. Like, and that's their that's their presence every year. They're in that same spot every year. There's always just a series of costumes and uh, and and usually a display case or two of of upcoming merch. Yeah, they did have an offsite thing. Um, kind of sponsored by the dc universe app um that was like i, I went to that after going up four flights of stairs it's a small <laughs> art gallery of like all this harley quinn art and stuff and um it, it really wasn't worth going up four flights of stairs I, I think if i'd gone earlier in the day there was more stuff um maybe even i think there was some of the people from some of their um like their dc daily show that they do online, but I don't know. I just, I was very disappointed with DC as, as a big DC fan. You know, I was hoping to see more And Marvel. Just their booth was just amazing. They had, they had some costumes there, but they had this huge screen showing some of their stuff. And I don't know. It was just, you know, so much more impressive. Yeah. Well, and and just point of clarification, though, because I think a lot of not just civilians, but I think, you know, uh, nerds like us as well. Um, So was it was it Marvel Studios or Marvel Comics? Because I think a lot of folks kind of conflate them sometimes. And it's like last I checked, Marvel still publishes comic books. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was comics, and well, I mean, it was also they, they were showing animated stuff, so oh, it's a combination. Yeah, uh, usually, because uh, there's a merch booth there. There's um, there's a couple of tables there promoing comics, free comic books that they give out, posters, pins, whatnot. Um, but there's also a stage area, and the stage area is either used sometimes for autographs, um, mm-hmm. where they bring out like casts of entire shows. Or they do, you know, fun and games with the crowd. Or they, uh, you know, I've seen Clark Gregg and the cast of Agents of Shield up there in previous years. Uh, there's certainly, you know, there's there's a mix of things they do up there. Gotcha. Very good. I mean, because I mean, I I bring that up because I think 
all of us being fans and all of us being con goers, I think uh, one of the things that kind of uh, I find a little uh, disheartening or or uh, maybe even heartbreaking is that you know kind of the the shift more towards larger pop culture, which obviously we know is kind of geek culture at this point. You know, geek culture is pop culture, but um, it's. It, you know, in a lot of these larger shows, there's more focus on, you know, movies and television and streaming. And it's like, wait a second, there, there's Comic Con is actually in the name. So let's, uh, you mm-hmm. know, let's not forget where uh, where the source of some of this stuff. Yeah. And I, I think even some of the, uh, you know, the big two kind of forget that, too. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. We make comics. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, you know, like IDW had a great booth. Um all these all these booths seem to have an area where they were selling some of their stuff. You could buy, you know, you could buy books from a lot of these companies. Um, but they also had areas where, like, they would bring creators out for signings and stuff on on the schedule, and it was really cool. I got to meet Delilah Dawson, who's done a lot of Star Star Wars books, and she's doing some stuff on Star Wars Adventures for IDW. So that was really cool, and. I didn't realize she was going to be there, so I didn't have anything for her to sign. So yeah. I, was, you know, I took one of the posters they were giving away, and she signed that. So, you know, it's still really cool. Very nice. And, and that that was actually something I, I was going to ask, is if uh, if you happened to see any of the uh, various Star Wars stuff that they had going on. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I, I missed um, the the Star Wars publishing panel where they talked about some of the books, but I kind of want to stay in the dark until I actually read the books. Um, I, I really wanted to see some of the Star Trek stuff and completely missed it. I, I didn't see the Star, the Picard trailer until I think yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm very excited about that. I'm not, not sure if it's enough to make me pay for CBS All Access, but I don't know. Did you see the, the Picard booth the, the over by the Unicron? Yes, I, I saw that, and I, I love that they were selling a shirt of the face palm. <laughs> so yeah, th- they understand, and they are fully embracing it. See, I I love that. I love that when memes come all the way back around to where it becomes uh, mainstream, and you know, from a cynical standpoint, kind of commoditized. I don't think that's a word, but uh, but yeah, it is interesting to where you could see face palm T-shirts that you can get at a at a Comic Con from the official booth. That's that's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so while while we're here, uh, briefly, because th- this was one of the topics I wanted to bring up in kind of like more of a rapid fire type of thing. So, um, so I, I, uh, one of the things that you know, for for somebody like me, well, actually, no, I'm sorry, scratch that. Um, one one of the things that's interesting about being a con tender is that. There's so much going on that you miss and that you end up reading about later. I mean, it's like, you know, I've you know mentioned that I, you know, attend Emerald City Comic Con and a lot of the the actual kind of like, quote unquote, news stuff 
very rarely am I kind of like exposed to while I'm at the show on the show floor. Yeah, occasionally I'll see, you know, like panels or things like that. But most of it, I just kind of like uh, uh, read online and, you know, just kind of like uh, uh, get my news uh, that way while I'm bombing around on the show floor. So I guess why I wanted to kind of transition to as uh, as we kind of wrap up a bit or at least think about it um, is uh, kind of maybe go over some of the things that. Uh, some of the news and announcements that came out of New York Comic Con uh, that uh, of note that we wanted to talk with, and to kind of kick that off, uh, Jeremy, you mentioned it earlier. Um, uh, I, I wanted to uh, briefly uh, talk about the Picard trailer because I I watched that and I uh, um, I, I you know it, it's so weird because like my my Trek fandom has kind of it, it's. It, it wavers from time to time. It's like I'm in, then I'm out. And so I'm not, you know, I, I guess maybe it would be the equivalent of being like a fair weather uh, Trek fan. But man, that uh, I, I almost rolled a tear watching uh, watching that, um, you know, just uh, just seeing a. Uh, 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 Will Riker as a as a curmudgeon-y parent. I just I I love that you know just yelling at kids and stuff. So I was just wondering. Uh, one I and I couldn't remember. Are either of you guys Trek fans? And uh and what uh hot takes you uh you might have thought about uh about the Picard trailer, or even kind of like the series in general. I think I can defer to Jeremy on that one. I am a Trek fan, but like I am very I would say I'm a, a casual fan. I don't uh-huh. you know, it's if it's on I'll watch it, but I'm never out of going out of my way with the exception of when Deep Space 9 was on, I was all into that shit. See, I'm I was huge into Next Gen and Deep Space 9 is the one show I haven't been able to completely finish yet. Um, but my dog is named Porthos after the the dog on Enterprise. Nice. So let's just tell you something. Yeah. Um, I'm. I, I like the Abrams movies for what they are, especially the first one and the third one. Um, yep. I have not been able to get into Discovery, but I'm also not really willing to pay for it. But this one is just taking me back. I mean, you know, seeing Picard, seeing, um, you know, some of the returning characters like Seven of Nine and Data and, you know, uh, Riker and just every everyone you see in this trailer. I'm just like. This, you know, even if it's just a, you know, a few episodes, just, you know, a short lived thing, it, it, it is just kind of soothing. And then, you know, Trek can go on and do something not quite as, you know, um, controversial as Discovery and just kind of, you know, go back to some more familiar confines. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. And, you know, Jeremy, something you just mentioned a minute ago, it's like, you know, still not sure if it's motivating enough to pay for a subscription. But the thing that that I, I find interesting is that they keep banking up more and more content. So it's like, you know, it was a hard no for me when mm-hmm. they announced Discovery and it was just going to be, you know, however many episodes. Well, then they did yeah. a full season epi- full season run then they did another season. Now they're doing another season. Now they're doing Picard. And suddenly it's like, if I've got like three seasons of Discovery and a Picard, uh, that that might entice yeah. me to at least it, try it. I don't it know. It might be worth paying for a month or two. Yeah. Binging a bunch of that stuff. 
Because, yeah, I mean, I mean, unless they I mean, I, I don't know the uh, breadth and depth of CBS All Access. But, you know, if they if they give me like access to like all 21 seasons of Big Brother, maybe I can, you know, go back <laughs> to the beginning and do that. Maybe that's maybe that's something I can look at or I can, you know, watch like 25 seasons of of NCIS and. You know, actually, you know what? I mean, and this is just straight up pandering. If you throw Jag in there, I'm going to buy it because <laughs> all, show, all shows <laughs> yeah. should be Jag. But uh, but anyway, sorry, I I, uh, I dwelled enough on that. Um, so, yeah. So um, so that was Picard. Uh, the um, so I'm just kind of scrolling through uh, sci fi wire a little bit. And Jeremy, this is uh, um, did you see the story about uh, Dan DiDio revealing the new comma definitive DC universe timeline? No, I, I missed a lot of the DC announcements. Yeah. And I, I'm not Dan DiDio's biggest fan. So I, I might have just seen his name and just scrolled on by. <laughs> and in my defense, I brought I brought that up just to kind of troll you a little bit because I I know, yeah. I know you're you're a long languishing uh, DC Comics fan and are, are well, certainly underserved. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean their their continuity is really a mess right now. <laughs> but I mean to be fair, Marvel, you know, not much better, and continuity is only, you know as valid until the next big name creator decides they want to do something and you know editorial can't tell them no right gotcha um are either of you guys hbo folks uh uh any interest in the watchman series that's uh that's going to be starting up i'll probably watch it at some point uh i i don't know if i'm going to jump on first week but uh I, i'm certainly interested in seeing what they're going to do i'm I'm not entirely interested right now. I mean, I'm kind of intrigued, but I, I'm not a subscriber to HBO, so I might, you know, wait because eventually, when the HBO Max thing rolls out, I don't know if they're going to fold the DC streaming stuff into it, and I might just become a subscriber because of that, and then I might. I don't know. I, I like the movie. I like the comic. Yeah, I get you, and I I I find myself very mixed because. You know, like most comic fans, I, uh, you know, I mean, it's it is a influential work then and nobody can deny that. But, man, it is a dense read. It It is a hard book to get through. And the movie, it's it's interesting because, like, I, I like Watchmen, the movie, uh, just fine. I, I think with each passing year, it ages less well. But that just might be my taste. But the thing that's interesting about Watchmen that I've always found is just how folks unite behind it and rally to it. Not all that dissimilar to Dark Knight Returns. I uh, I just reread uh, Dark Knight Returns like uh, like a year ago. And it was weird because like I think for the first time in my adult life I set it down. I'm like, I don't know if I need to read this again. It's 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 it was really weird. And I don't know, I I, I kind of like have this weird personality quirk where like if something is like over worshipped and overhyped, I kind of kind of try to turn against it. And I kind of I kind of feel that way about Watchmen, I think. I And not to be too, too snobby, but I think people worship it for the wrong reasons. Um, but but that's just a little bit of editorial. Um, and, you know. 
when whenever I see Damon Lindelof is is attached to a project, I kind of I kind of wince a little bit. But um, some of the the write ups I've seen about it, you know, just in terms of like when it takes place in regards to uh, the original story, that it's not specifically a retelling. That's that's kind of fascinating. But I also uh, jumped on the baited hook for uh, before Watchmen. I bought all of those books. And all these years later, I'm like, why did I do that? I didn't need to throw in on a Watchmen prequel. Come on. Anyway, that's that's just my two bits yeah. on <laughs> on the Watchman. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess at this point, I mean, th- this was um, I mean, kind of like the, the main things I, I kind of wanted to uh, run by you guys. But any other uh, particular news items that 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 stuck out in terms of like, um, I mean, cause I mean, I, I know, uh, I know Ant, you're super into, uh, the Valiant universe and, um, apparently the, uh, bloodshot movie with, uh, with Vin Diesel still attached is, is apparently still going forward. Um, but I mean, I guess outside of that, I mean, a- anything in particular that you guys want to, uh, want to wrap on before, uh, before we call tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, I can get into the Valiant stuff real quick. Uh, the Bloodshot movie, they didn't show anything of it, as far as I know. Uh, the Blood, the Valiant panel, for whatever reason, is now like on Saturday night at six o'clock, and uh, it's just at a bad time for me to go to. But uh, catching up online, and just from what I saw there at the booth, they had uh, the Bloodshot action figure uh, prototype. Uh, which looks like Vin Diesel, just really pale. Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, but you know what? It, it was really cool just to see that character finally in um, some sort of you know action figure form, uh, even though, like, I don't know, Vin Diesel's face and sh- head shape don't really match what the character looks like most of the time right. in, uh, you know, throughout, throughout its history. But uh, uh, that was cool. They also announced... Uh, and this my per- particular favorite news of from Valiant this week was uh, they announced that uh, Quantum and Woody are coming back in January. And if you're not familiar uh, with the book, I'll, I'll catch up real quick. Mm-hmm. It's something that was launched uh, back when Valiant, the original version of Valiant, got bought out by Acclaim Comics uh, in the early in the mid 90s. And uh, this was one of the books they launched under Acclaim Comics, and it was written by uh, Christopher Priest, uh, who's most well known for. Uh, stuff he did with Black Panther and uh, uh, Mark D. Bright was the artist on that. And he uh, is most well known for doing uh, Transformers number five mm-hmm. <laughs> and among yeah. other things. But uh, the shockwave, tra- the Transformers are all dead cover that that is a uh, M.D. Bright uh, painting or drawing. Anyway, long story short, yeah. it's about two brothers, um, one African-American, one white. The white kid is adopted Um and uh their father dies and um and it kind of they end up with there he's a scientist and they end up with these bands that they have to clank together every 24 hours otherwise uh the bands will explode and these bands give them superpowers that's kind of been the rough story only that you know uh the the biological son is um straight laced and kind of uh by the book and the adopted son is uh kind of the wild card uh you know uh kid uh now now they're grown up and they're trying to find uh who killed their father that's kind of the basic story turns out his spirit is in there in a goat and the goat (laughs) of their father is now their pet uh it's very it's a very weird quirky story so if you like like the weird kind of aspects of ninja turtles like the weird uh, villains and the the weirdness to it um it's all done with kind of a tongue-in-cheek humor to, to superheroes on top of it 
being uh, just a fun book. And I like when Valiant does fun like this, uh, like Quantum Woody or Archer and Armstrong. Yeah. Um, those uh, those are the kind of spirits behind the, uh, this book. And they announced that it's coming back in January for a, I don't know how long the run is. They don't tend to do runs more than 25 issues. And that's on the high end. Uh, but they'll it'll probably run probably, you know, a year. And uh, that that's just, uh, you know, great, great news from Valiant. Uh, as far as the rest of the floor goes, you know, a couple of neat things we I saw on the floor, and Jeremy could probably speak to some of these things, too. Uh, there was a, a really high-end vehicle Voltron on display that oh, was really that nice. Was amazing. Oh, yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you guys about that because I, I, I've forgotten. I saw the pictures on Twitter, and I was just like, I, I love seeing vehicle Voltron getting some love. Yeah, it was that was really cool. And then the... Um, what is the other the name? There's that what is it? One up, one up arcade yeah, machines. So. Uh, they had a whole display there. They had a giant arcade machine that had uh, Capcom versus Street Fighter, and then they had their TMNT, uh, their original Ninja Turtles machine, um, which really just uh, I, I joke that it's you know it's nostalgia that appeals to twelve year old me, but expects me to be the same height as twelve year old me. <laughs> Uh, because those machines are really tiny. <laughs> yeah, they are yeah. very short. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's cool that they're they're putting them out in vintage style cabinets. Like you know, you you've still got like the uh, you know actress dressed up as April on the side, and you know, I mean, it it looks like it's supposed to look, but yeah, it's like no, I I remember this being bigger. I think for me, um, I didn't get to see the panel and or the premiere. But it's something that I loved um, hearing about, and I can't wait to to buy it so I can watch it. But the Wonder Woman Bloodlines animated feature, um, which was written by Transformers writer Margaret Scott, and you know, just so happy to see you know her her success in you know all these um, you know TV and movie projects that she has, and you know Rosario Dawson voices Wonder Woman in in this. And I just I can't wait to actually see this because it it just it looks great. It's um, it's just, you know, DC's animated stuff has almost never failed to um, kind of be enjoyable for me. Unlike their their live action stuff, which is yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they've had they've had, you know, three good ones in, in Wonder Woman shazam and uh aquaman (laughs) yeah yeah you're not wrong now uh so so jeremy let me ask you this because like i saw i i saw uh wonder woman bloodline uh trending but i didn't really know what it was and and just on that alone you've already sold me a copy because like that's now that that's great um but uh do you happen to know if it's based on a uh existing storyline or if it's something whole cloth that's new I, i'm not entirely sure um i if if it's something that i'm interested in i try to uh, avoid a lot of details because i don't know i'm just i i like to you know not be spoiled until i'm actually watching the thing sure but it's just you know with the cast you know rosario dawson is awesome and with, you know, Marigold writing it, I'm, you know, just from from everything she's done, like with her Transformers work, which yeah. Till All or One is still one of my favorite Transformers series. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the character development is going to be great. She can write action. Yep. So I'm just, you know, I'm on board just, you know, seeing that. 
You uh, you reading her Batgirl run? I've read some of it. Uh, my ongoing issues with DC are are limiting the the amount of books I'm getting at right at the moment. But Fair I'm probably enough. gonna pick it up and trade. Ah, gotcha. It's yeah. it's pretty good. I I. I like it quite a bit. Um, but so so while we're on the DC thread, and I'm just bringing this up just to be a troll, um, mm. so <laughs> apparently uh, Zack Snyder showed up at New York Comic Con to thank the fans for the Justice League Snyder Cut billboard. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, it's weird, like the, this whole Snyder Cut of Justice League is, I, 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 it's almost like this weird urban myth at this point. Um, you know, yeah. al- almost like to legendary status, uh, to where I mean, it's like it, it's like a, a vast conspiracy. You know, the Masons may even be involved. Somebody call Nicolas Cage, but yeah, it's it's just like you know, it exists. It doesn't. It's um, so uh, for uh, for her own uh, own amusement. Where where do you guys stand with uh, uh, Zack Snyder and his version of Justice League and and the Snyder Cut and and these knuckleheads that bought a bill? board uh, i i have no opinion but i did see someone walking around with a sign that said release the snyder cut <laughs> yeah i think i've seen that sign as well but in, in my opinion he, he doesn't get what makes a character like superman sick no <laughs> so, yeah no <laughs> i i i want to see it just for my own curiosity because like the movie that we got in justice league is a mess. And, and I, I don't think that whatever, whatever magic these Snyder stands are thinking they're going to find in that cut. It's not there because it's, it's still like, if I remember correctly, it's like part one of like supposedly a two part movie kind of ends on a cliffhanger. So, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's really nothing satisfying there, but I, I, I gotta admit, I am morbidly curious about this. I, I really would like to see it. If I, if I had the opportunity to buy it, I would. And I don't, I, I, you know, I don't own Man of Steel. I don't own Batman v Superman: Colin Dawn of the Rise of the Unrated Justice Carnival. I, um, but anyway, I, I would buy this if they made it available. It would, it would probably be more cohesive story, and that's. Like that's probably the most positive thing I could say <laughs> because Justice League is like you said, it's a mess. Yeah. All right. So that that's probably about as uh, as decent a spot to uh, uh, wind things down from there. Unless there's um, any other uh, stones there. I mean, because I mean, we, we could talk literally all night about all of the various stores I could, you know, I, I, I could go through the news and, you know, find all of these various re- reveals. But um, I, I think. I think we kind of covered the the major strokes of the stuff that we uh, wanted to. Um, I did notice uh, very quickly, and I, I I just said I was gonna stop looking, but then like I turned my head and I saw that uh, uh, Marvel is doing a uh, Iron Man twenty twenty series, which I think is kind of cool that like Iron Man in 2020 is actually going to be Iron Man 2020, <laughs> you know, with the, with the, the cog shoulders and, and, uh, and all that. So it'll be uh, Tony Stark's long lost brother, Arno, and we'll take over as Iron Man 2020. I, I might have to pick that up. Cause I, I, I bought, um, I, I really liked that series, uh, back in the day, but, um, 
but yeah, I'll just I'll I'll put a pin in that for now. Um, um, let's see. So uh, Anthony Bercali, uh, tfu.info owner operator, Madman, host of Transformers University. Uh, any uh, parting thoughts before uh, before we release you into the good night? No, I, I don't. I don't have much that we haven't covered. <laughs> <laughs> and and we were thinking that we weren't going to have stuff to talk about. It's like, no, I, we we could talk extemporaneously um, as much as the night as long. Um, so could you let folks know uh, where we can connect with you on the internets and on the social medias, and if there's anything um, upcoming uh, that you would like listeners to know about and uh, and plug plug away. Sure. So uh, you can hear me on my own podcast, Transformers University, uh, pretty much everywhere you hear this show. And uh, you can catch me on Twitter at TFU underscore info on YouTube at YouTube.com slash TFU info and on the web at www.tfu.info. Excellent. Very cool. And um, so, Jeremy, the uh, the spotlight is now on you, my friend, uh, before uh, before you crawl in for a a well-deserved rest, um, you know, coming back from New York Comic Con, uh, taking a couple hours off and then chatting with us into the uh, into the middle of the night. So I appreciate you taking the time. Um, any uh, any particular parting thoughts, anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to sneak in real quick? And then well, we, we, we hinted on the, the cosplay. I would just say that oh, yeah. the cosplay was is amazing. This, I saw someone with like huge metal Doc Ock arms and it was just it was crazy. And the actual first cosplay that kind of made me turn my head and look was someone was dressed as an orc from one of my favorite web comics, Order of the Stick. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, to, to see cosplay based off a of web comic, I, I just thought that was fun. That so, props. Props to all the cosplayers out there. That's really cool. And, you know, I mean, we, we could do um, a whole nother show about uh, awesome uh, cosplays because, yeah, it's yeah. like I I, uh, um, I I'm sure you guys are acquainted with, you know, folks in the cosplay community as well. But um, really, really cool folks, uh, really cool folks. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, just uh, just the amount of craftsmanship and all that other other cool stuff. Um Let's see, you know, and I just, you know, and I promised you guys like four different times that I was going to stop looking at news. Um, I need to close my screen because I, I, I flipped enough to where I see Star Wars is finally explaining what happened after uh, The Empire Strikes Back in the Marvel comics. So I'm, I'm going to look forward to that. And with that, I'm going to close this, uh, <laughs> this screen rant screen. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just going to start calling off stuff um over and over so but anyway uh jeremy thank you so much for uh for taking the time to hang out with us um you know uh could you let folks know where we can find you on the internet how we can connect with you on the social medias and maybe uh uh give a quick uh, promo for uh some stuff that you've got coming up all right yeah um well you can find me on the internet at um, I'm on Twitter at yakko.org y a k k zero d o t o r g, and uh, that is like you said I, I occasionally do Yakko Yaks podcasts and I have like the outlines for like three podcasts that I haven't mm -hmm. reported, um, and that's at at yakoyaks.com uh, on transmissions which on Twitter is t r n s m i s s i o n s because. Uh, too many characters for the a um that's at transmissions uh we do uh 
podcast covering all the media stuff, all the toy stuff. Um, they had Eric Crownover this week kind of sitting in uh, as a third chair. And from all I heard, he did a great job as always. And um, I will be back next week. I have videos, uh, like we said, with Ant, with um, I, John Barber. I did an interview with him, editor-in-chief of IDW. Uh, I talked with Livio Remindelli about the Transformers Galaxies book. Nice. And um, it's already on YouTube because I, I wanted to get the hype of the whole Unicron thing. Ran into, um, next to Unicron, uh, Ben Montano from Hasbro. And did a quick little like minute and a half thing with him, so that was fun. And then also uh, it was a couple weeks ago, but I got to interview Rob Paulson, uh, voice actor extraordinaire, yes. voice of Yakko, uh, Pinky, uh, Raphael, and Don- Donatello in different versions of the Ninja Turtles. He has a book um, that should be out by the time this this thing drops, and. Uh, I interviewed him about his book, his cancer scare, and that was just fantastic. That was a bucket list for me. So, yeah, and, and congratulations on that. Yeah. That that's awesome because I, you know, I was watching the post and I I saw how yeah. you how excited you were. That that's really cool. Yeah, thanks, and and all all of that's at transmissionspodcast.com. No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love. Right into the mailbag at MikeCyberRadio at gmail.com. And, of course, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. Join us for the following previews. Hey, so real quick, I just wanted to run down what's coming up um, over the next few episodes uh, coming up here on Mike Cybert Radio. Uh, help pro wrestler Ethan HD keep Tacoma's Destiny City Comics where it belongs. That bonus interview episode drops this weekend. On October 16th, it's episode 237 and the 10th anniversary celebration of Jet City Comic Show, including my interview with Brian Meredith and James Taylor. Um, and just in time for the Halloween season, uh, rapper Ambush Vin will be my guest, and we're talking about his new EP, Slasher Music. Uh, episode 238 is going to drop on October 23rd. And then after that, I'll have some uh, content, you know, interviews and whatnot uh, to share from the aforementioned Jet City comic show, and maybe a few other goodies uh, too before the end of the month. Right here on Mike Seibert Radio, but that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. It really helps. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. For my guests, Anthony and Jeremy, my name is Mike. This has been Mike Seibert Radio, and until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out bydoormusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.